Welcome to the Daddyhood Rocks podcast with John Wolford and Brandon Miller. We are here to encourage you, empower you, and strengthen you so you can engage, level up, and have fun being a dad. We are going to have guests, deep conversations, hilarious stories, and insights that will give you the strength you need so you can be the dad you gotta be. And now, here are your hosts, John Wolford and Brandon Miller. Welcome to another episode of the Daddyhood Rocks podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon Miller. John Wolfie Wolford is actually practicing daddyhood right now in this moment. He has a stepdaughter who has a uh, cadet guard, kind of a color guard type thing. Who uh, She had a performance, and John has chosen to, to spend time with her, celebrating her, supporting her, and encouraging her. And, uh, and so I have uh, the, the privilege, the, the heavy pri- privilege, the heavy duty of, of carrying uh, the podcast today. Uh, we're definitely better together. Uh, so glad you're here. This podcast is for all kinds of dads. If you're a first-time dad, a, a new dad, a young dad, maybe you have recently adopted or began fostering, maybe married into someone who has a whole bunch of children, this podcast is for you. Uh, we our, our main goal is to help dads everywhere to engage, to level up, and to have fun being dads. So this podcast is aimed for you, uh, or even if you're you're not a dad. Let's say you're wanting to become a dad sometime. That's on your radar. Maybe you're a mom. Maybe you're a single mom. Maybe you're uh, a wife who wants to find ways to encourage. Uh, a husband, whoever you are, whoever happens to be listening right now, thanks for being here. You don't have to be here, but you're choosing to be here, and so I acknowledge that. So thank you. Uh, Today, here in a few moments, I'll introduce you to our guest, Chris Wilson. Uh, He's the one who has founded a men's movement called The Unshakable Man, and it's taking a, a different look at helping men to grow and to be really who they truly are uh, blasting through toxic masculinity being comfortable in your own skin and, and using that as a as a way to to as a springboard uh, to to be who you're going to be in in your family in your homes in your in your work just in life so chris wilson brings a just a plethora of of great knowledge wisdom humility so can't wait to uh, introduce him here in just a few minutes. So, as we've mentioned in previous episodes, I am a, uh, a an outpatient mental health therapist by day. One thing I frequently do with my my clients is I help them walk through and develop daily affirmations for themselves. Let me tell you a quick story, then we'll pass things on to Chris Wilson. So. About six years ago, I was in a, in a dark spot, and I was really discouraged and kind of, kind of in that uh, downward spiral with depression, things like that. And a friend of mine who had overcome some of his own obstacles, he suggested, why don't you consider doing some daily affirmations? At first, I, I, I really kind of scoffed at the idea. I thought, man, I, I feel like I'm you know, trying to convince myself of something that's not really true. But because I trusted my friend, I loved my friend, I thought, you know what, I'm going to try this anyway. So I developed about 12 of these daily affirmations. And the main 
gist of a daily affirmation is this, either something that is currently true in your life or something that you want to become true in your life. These daily affirmations are meant to head to head combat those negative messages we tend to feed ourselves. So I, I came up with these 12 uh, and about a month into it, they started to take some, some root and I started noticing a mindset shift for myself instead of beating myself up so much. It was like, you know what? I got this with God's strength. I got this and I can move forward. So some of these affirmations, I'll, I'll read a couple of examples to you. It says, I am courageous because I choose to do the right thing no matter how I feel. I absolutely love that one because it's so powerful. Some other examples. I have the strength and heart to stand up for what is right. I am valuable and so are my ideas. I have the ability to face any challenge. I choose positive thoughts over negative thoughts. My fears won't stop me. With that said, what negative messages are you hearing as a dad? To, I want to encourage you to not disqualify yourself. You are qualified to be a dad. You, have, you are uniquely equipped to do the job before you. Don't be afraid. Uh, it's new territory. Heck yeah. <laughs> our, our podcast is full of first-time dad stories, gross, embarrassing stories. But you got this. And you have a support system in place. If not anywhere else, you have it here with the Daddyhood Rocks podcast. I challenge you over the next week, develop five of your own daily affirmations that specifically target those negative messages that you hear yourself saying to yourself. You don't have what it takes. You're not good enough. You're not lovable. You're not likable. You're not dad material. Combat those with these daily affirmations. And I would love to hear what you come up with. Share in the comments. Send us a message. Whatever it is. Combat that so you can stand up and be the dad you got to be. All right? Awesome. Another way that we help you become the dad you got to be is by having awesome guests. And that includes Chris Wilson coming up. So with, with him as a guest, he is in California. And he has embraced this concept of and it's this is really an intro to this concept of of the the mind body connection it has to do with everything that we do our mindset our feelings our emotions our bodies and so some of these things you'll hear you might not agree with and that's totally okay we don't need to agree in order to to focus and to to gather in you might not be familiar with some of these things and that's okay you might not be comfortable with some of these things. That is totally okay, too. I encourage you to listen with an open mind. Take what you want to take in and, and just give space for, for a new perspective. You might learn something really encouraging. You might learn something very empowering. And, and there are some things that we can continue talking about as we move forward with the Daddyhood Rocks podcast. With that said, I'm going to hand this over to <laughs> myself interviewing. Chris Wilson with The Unshakable Man. Welcome to another episode of the Daddyhood Rocks podcast. This is your host, Brandon Miller, and John Wolford is with his stepdaughter at a Color Guard performance. Enjoying the heck out of that. I am here with 
Chris Wilson of The Unshakable Man. And what an exciting opportunity. Uh, so The Unshakable Man, and I know we're going to hear lots about kind of what all that means, what The Unshakable Man does uh, as an organization. I know that in a nutshell that uh, you are, are strengthening men through breath work, through through men's groups and through online trainings just to become better men. Uh, so Chris, thank mm. you for carving out time from your uh, the beginning of your weekend so you can spend time with us and our listeners. Uh, would you take a moment to introduce yourself and to introduce your work with the, the Unshakable Man and anything else that you want to put on the table before we really dive in? Ah, uh, well, thank you so much for having me here, Brandon. Uh, it's just a joy to spend my Friday afternoon with you. But uh, awesome. for, I guess for the listeners, my name is Chris Wilson. I live in San Francisco, California, and I'm the founder of the Unshakable Man Emotional Awareness Training Studio. And we create safe spaces or spaces where men can take safe risks of vulnerability. And we say we do that to so that they can uh, really realize their true power to connect with themselves and others and heal and grow. Oh, that's huge. So yeah. you live in San Francisco. How long have you been living there? Oh man, I've been out here for 10 years. It's wow. nuts to think that. Yeah, I actually just turned 37. I moved yeah. out here when I was 27. And wow, I moved out here for a completely different life and lifestyle working in software sales. And this was the peak of where I thought I could be. And uh, I'm just so happy I came out here because everything shifted and changed and I'm, it's better for it. Yeah, fantastic. Now this is an unscripted question, but just diving a little bit more into exactly kind of the, the roots of the unshakable man. So how did this idea like grow roots in your mind and your heart and where did it show up at and how did it first mm -hmm. kind of come to be and how has it changed since you started it and where are you going with it? I've been asked this question before, like how do we get more men into this work? And I don't, I think that we find our way here in two different ways. And for me, it was a mix of both, but I was brought here and I was brought here through trauma. I was brought here through an anxiety attack. I had uh, a massive anxiety attack when I was 27, uh, working in software sales. I had epitomized, uh, I didn't have, hadn't gone to college and I really worked out of fear of not being safe and not mm -hmm. being able to take care of myself. And so I devoted and put all of the energy that I had previously put into being a triathlete and a cyclist into working. And I was really driven by fear at a very young age. But if you had asked me if I was angry or fearful back then, I would have never said that. I didn't identify as being angry. I was identified as being tough. And, uh, and when I got to the peak of where I had always wanted to be in software sales, I found myself surrounded by men who I just didn't want to be like them. And yet they were 10, maybe 10 years ahead of me in my career. And uh, I also didn't think that I had ever had anxiety. And yet mm. I started to get hives and itchiness and my body was telling me something, but I wasn't listening to it. I kept pushing it away until finally one day I had a, a massive anxiety attack and it really woke me up to being like, what is going on with me and my body? And that was really like a moment of an awakening to that sent me into a very dark period of my life. I'd say like my, the dark night of the soul type thing, sure. right? 
three very tumultuous, weird, difficult years uh, that led to a period of depression, and uh, but also to a period of, of wayfinding, right? Like being able to mm -hmm. find my way. And it, it opened me up to being able to give me permission to feel my body, right? And that was something that as a, as a young man, I, I would never have had identified with that, even as like an athlete. Like, and, and now what we teach men is that emotions are physical sensations that are happening in or on the body, that the mind, not the brain, the mind is consciously or subconsciously aware of, and it's telling the brain that something important is happening to the body's well-being, mm. right? Feelings are something else. Feelings are a label of the emotion, right? And so if I, if I have a, a stunted emotional vocabulary, if I say I feel stressed, right? Well, stress is a weasel word. It, it removes our ability, our, our connection to our experience versus if I say I feel rushed, tired, and confused, it's a very different experience for the same emotional sensation, mm. right? And so I had been pushing it down for so long and toughing it out until I was finally woken up by that. And so that I would say there is that initial spur, right? Uh, or like uh, inventing your own heart attack. And then there was also curiosity. Uh, I moved into a dorm room with a hundred high school students and got a job teaching social emotional learning for a, a college program that uh, for students that weren't going to go to high school, that weren't going to go to college. And I hadn't gone to college. And so it was really connected to my heart. And during that year, I really discovered that a lot of the thing teaching these high school students around how to take a deep breath and slow down and to connect with their bodies and how to uh, think and work creatively uh, are just not taught to men. And during that time, I was invited to do my first men's retreat. Scared me to death. I didn't invite any men in my life to be a part of it with me. And then I arrived at that men's retreat and found out that uh, three of the men from my past working life in tech came to the retreat. And I realized wow. I was really the one that was holding myself back. And since then, it's just been... Uh, a steady trip downwards, deeper, deeper, and deeper into this heart-based emotional awareness and vulnerability work with men. I'm, I'm a relative rookie to breath work as a <laughs> mental health uh, outpatient therapist. That's something that I do with with my my clients. Uh, I really, uh, am, I, I've loved the book that I've recently read, uh, James Nestor's uh, yeah, breath, breath, and uh, super good. And uh, and just uh, so over the last, I'd say, five years breath work has slowly been kind of becoming a part of my life, but uh, there's tip of the iceberg. So when you take that inhale consciously in your nose, you're bringing your awareness from wherever it is in this present moment, whether it's on this conversation or whether it's on what you need to do next or whatever most recently happened to you, which is likely negative, right? Mm. Because they remember things that are negative. And the reason we remember those things is because they create tension in our body. Right. Right. And so this connects to the stuff that we teach men, which is like the problems in my life are my curriculum and we each have our own. Well, and like so that. any time that I notice, I say I have a problem with something is an opportunity to that your body is creating tension. And so it's an opportunity to go. And with that, you open your body. Right. And when your body opens, it creates space 
And in this space, in this gap, there's the opportunity to make a conscious decision, right? And so my favorite three questions to ask are, what is this here to teach me? What is my intention? And how can I show up in a more empowering way? Right. And it all starts with like building a relationship with your breath. One of my favorite questions to ask is, are you, are you performing or are you practicing? Well, it's a state question, right? It's all about the state of being that I'm in. Like I am, I am performing versus I am practicing. Mm -hmm. Like even in this moment here with you today, like there were moments when I shifted my awareness into performing, right? Like when you went four, three, two, one. Before that, I was walking around the room and I was going to go use the bathroom. My fiance was in the shower, right? And I couldn't get in. I wasn't performing. I was just here. I was practicing. I was showing up. I was with you. Uh, And so anytime we are, uh, whenever I ask myself that question or whenever I offer that question, I just offer it to bring myself back into the state of awareness of, oh, right. I get to practice. I get to make Mm -hmm. mistakes. And I get to show up in a more empowering way. And then from that perspective, how does that feel, right? It feels open, right? And that's yeah. what, yeah. So that's my advice, I guess. <laughs> okay, I, I love it. Thank you. Now, shifting yeah. for a second to to toxic masculinity, uh, which mm-hmm. is, is, again, one of those buzzwords that is, is mm-hmm. flying around quite a bit. But there's clearly a separation between uh, what we see a lot in, in our, our culture today, in our society today, as far as how men are portrayed, how, how mm-hmm. men are, whether it's explicit or implicit, there's this pressure to be a certain way or to act, to, per- to perform a certain way. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that leads to toxicity as far as how we treat ourselves and how we treat other people, how, we, how dads treat their children. So let's talk mm-hmm. about toxic masculinity for a moment. How did we get here to begin with? And what is the roadmap out of it, moving away from toxic mm-hmm. masculinity? How did we get here? I mean, first first of all, I would like to make sure that we, uh, we define some terms just so that sure. we can have a conversation together. And one of those, one thing I'd love to bring in is manhood, the culture mm-hmm. of manhood, masculinity, which is act, uh, which is an energy or a way of being, right? And then, and then the gender of being male, being sure. a male or a person who identifies as male, right? And so within that, we exist within a culture of masculinity, right? Where, which is predominantly people who identify as male, but women and men both have a role to play in the culture of manhood, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Right? Like there is a cultural expectation placed on men from a period of time to be a certain way, right? Just like there was a cultural expectation placed on women to be a certain way, right? And so then when you ask like, how did we get here for the purposes of discussion that we are born innocent and pure, and then we are born into the reality of the world and survival. Mm -hmm. We do what we have to do to get to where we are today to where we can be conscious and get our needs met ourselves. And so I think whatever we had to do to get to where we are today becomes our unconscious scripting, mm. right? Where now I can get, I am somewhat capable of getting my needs met on my own. Well, I think what this leads to is 
it leads to this culturalization of I needed to be a certain way. I needed to be tough. I needed to be uh, authoritative. I needed to be aggressive in order to uh, to win in really battle sure. <laughs> of getting to where I am. If the question is how do we uh, improve, it's to be to open, right? To choose love, and which is connection to what is to open to take that breath, just like we were talking about before, and to choose the open way, not the hard way. And so the hard way and the open way, the hard way doesn't mean that it's more difficult. The hard way means to harden, literally to physically harden your body. The open mm. way means to open. And the open way is vulnerability and courage, opening your heart. And it's just, it's maybe more challenging than the hard way, right? But when sure. we harden, that's where we close off our mind. We close off our, our brain from being able to choose a more empowering way to show up, right? We get caught in story, right? And we start holding on really tight to like things that we find about safety, right? To find sure. safety. And so I think a lot of this stuff is really around, around toxic masculinity. Uh, it's able to be extinguished through love and healing and caring. And that's what we're doing with the unshakable man. Oh, that's huge. Thank you. As far as emotional intelligence, that's another one of those mental health words that are out there. And that's been even elevated higher in importance to, to uh, your, your IQ is your EQ, uh, yep. your emotional quotient. Now, a big yep. cornerstone of emotional intelligence is self-awareness. And, and what, there are several things in my, my own experience that have really helped me grow in significant ways as far as my self-awareness goes. So from your experience in working with men, with, uh, with the unshakable man, what are some ways that, uh, that you encourage men to grow in self-awareness and really what are the benefits of self-awareness? Yeah. Oh man. I am so happy that you differentiate between EQ, emotional intelligence and self-awareness because Emotional awareness is not emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. Emotional awareness is, is, is your experience of your present state. Sure. Right. So if I don't have emotional awareness and I, I like how you say self-awareness because self-awareness and emotional awareness are very, are very, very similar, right? Like it's like, yeah. but emotional awareness is my experience of my present state. Right. So even in the present, even like right now, my emotional awareness is I can have a, an ex present experience based on my experience of a memory, right? Of how my most mm -hmm. recent past has been or a very pa far past. So I think it's really important this the word emotional intelligence gets thrown around. But if you don't have emotional awareness, your emotional intelligence is completely cut off. Yes. Right. And so we need to learn how to practice emotional awareness in the present. There is literally nothing in my experience that is better than being in a group. Ooh, okay. You need to do this work in a group. I will put my, like, I would bet on all of the, like the work being done across uh, mental health, whether it's clinical work or whether it's more, uh, holistic stuff being done outside of, of like like institutions and things 
that we are going to see a major shift from one-on-one therapy and one-on-one coaching to group work. Mm. And it's going to be somatic, right? It's about getting into your body and getting out of the story, right? And getting into your body, learning to drop out of the story and notice thoughts, moods, judgments, stories, and then bring your awareness to how you feel in the present state of, in the presence of other men, Mm. right? And the reason why this is so massively important and is that, and the, and the key here is for number one, I first say, join a men's group, like get into a group, right? The second thing to force multiply that is get into a group that isn't about motivation or, uh, or it's, it's not about like business or, or, uh, or, um, uh, uh, accountability. It's about emotional awareness. It's about slowing down, getting present and feeling. It's a somatic listening group, right? Because there's all different kinds of men's groups out there. But if you got to pick, get into a men's group in general. But then if you really want to get your work and increase your emotional intelligence, your emotional awareness, get into a group that's like what we do at the Unshakable Man. Because what you're doing in this place, in, the, in these containers, is we create a safe space that where, where we, act, we don't actually create a safe space. We create a space where you can take safe risks mm. so that you can take a risk and reinstate safety I like, after I like that safety is lost. That's, yeah, that's right? Good. It's really important because if we're trying to create a safe, a safe space, what we're actually doing is making the container unsafe, right? Because now we're, we're scared to make the container unsafe. So our intention is to create a space where we can take safe risks. We can reinstate safety after it's lost, right? And in that reinstatement, what you're doing is you're dropping out of your head into your body, right? You're taking deep breaths and learning to attune to your physical state and your mental body, your emotional body, and then to check in on it. And while you do this in the, in the presence of another human being and be that maybe eight other human beings, now I get to witness eight other men do the same thing. And every time they do it, I get to take in their experience and the, the words they used, how they hold their body, right? And I'm basically getting an 8x upgrade on how wow. I am showing up, right? I, can, wow. I don't know who I am. You don't know who you are. I am who I think you think I am. And you are who you think I think you are, right? We're like constantly writing this yeah. script in our head. And so by being in that place, especially this is like, if the men are different than me, which is even better because now I have a dad, I have an elderly man who's near, nearing end of life. Maybe I have someone who just recently lost a parent or a loved one. Maybe I have a teenager and I have this, um, this massive spectrum of experiences and I get to witness all of them. Right. And then I get to check out, leave it behind and go back into my normal life. And when I go back into my normal life, now I'm, I'm noticing myself showing up in different ways because I've gotten to in, react and respond to these men in this safe container, right? And so that's what, literally, that's what we're doing with the Inchequable Man. We are creating these spaces and we're giving men 52, like imagine if you came to one group a week, 52 hours over a year, you have 52 hours to practice, right? And if you don't have that 
place to practice. Where are you going to practice? You're going to practice in your life. And that stinks because then you're right. practicing when the stakes are like really, really high. Um, a, a lot of, a lot of men that I've been working with who, who have gone through incredibly deep, dark, sad stuff, grief and mm -hmm. loss. Um, they, as far as being able to tap into healthy ways to, to grieve and to, to work through, you don't get over a loss, you work through it and in your grief mm -hmm. changes over time. Um, and, and being able to have tools along the lines of, of emotional awareness, uh, being able to mm -hmm. specify, Hey, right now I'm feeling really lost or right now I feel very uh, disconnected yeah. or, or even to just say that, right? Like I feel yeah. blank, like, it, it was, uh, I'm thinking of one particular scenario where a client was going through that grief and he didn't have the words to put onto his experience. And as we worked through that, uh, it was like there was this huge dam that maybe had a couple of little leaks, uh, but just the, the floodwaters of grief were just causing him to explode in his daily life, blowing up and getting angry and just uh, you know, not being who he really want, want, wanted to be. And so as, yeah. as we work through building this, uh, you know, the ability to grieve well, um, it's like the dam broke mm -hmm. and the floodwaters just gushed out and, and the healing was significant. And it was, it was really powerful because of the work of being able to, to, to identify, Hey, in this moment, this is what I'm feeling. Uh, yeah. This is the most specific word that I can even grab a hold of for my experience in this moment, or even looking back at the 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 loss back then. I was I was feeling this way too, and it's you know that feeling is transformed and shifted to this feeling. So, absolutely, I completely agree as far as that emotional uh, intelligence, emotional awareness. Um, it, it it does lead to to holistic healing, without a doubt. In my opinion, one of the one of the greatest ways of growing that uh, self awareness is by journaling, uh, in, yeah. in, a, in a ton of different ways. And whether it's stream of consciousness or uh, whether it's like a, a what's that free writing, like a stream yeah. of consciousness writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just I mean, whatever shows up, throw it on paper. Um, uh, I'm doing a five year journal where you answer the same question on the same date uh, five years in a row, and you and you kind of answer a prompt. And you see different layers of your experience over, you know, over years. And sometimes wow. they stay the same. Sometimes your answers are wildly different. And it shows you how wow. you've been growing uh, and that sort of thing. Um, a gratitude journal, that sort of thing. So journaling has been huge for me. And, and I think oh, it serves awesome. very much in a similar way and can be a very uh, uh, aug aug augmenting supplementary way to group work. Because uh, when, oh, yeah. you, when you're journaling, really, you're allowing yourself to look at yourself objectively. You're, you're putting stuff, the good, bad, and the ugly on paper, and then you're able to kind of hold it up and look at it, uh, re return to it, you know, weeks, months, years later. It's really eye-opening looking at my first journals from when I was 20. It's like, oh man, yeah. that guy was really immature and struggling, but there was a lot of potential there, whatever it was. Um, and then looking at my journal from, you know, a month ago, some pretty, pretty amazing stuff. Uh, and so, so yeah, between journaling, between group work, I think just finding a way to have those mirrors really helps us yeah. to see into ourselves. Yeah. Uh, free writing and journaling was huge for me through that dark period in my mm -hmm. life. 
when I was truly uh, alone. And I wasn't at that time identifying as being depressed, but I absolutely did have depression. Uh, but as with most men, my relationship with it was anxiety and toughness and anger. It wasn't uh, like a, a victimhood, right? And uh, But free writing, and uh, I, I truly agree, getting it out onto paper is a mirror. And uh, and it, whatever works for you, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one, one word that we uh, have talked a lot about on our podcast is the word legacy. Because uh, really, I mean, in the and again, in, in very imperfect ways, parents will pass on to their children, whether it's in like their own family, you know, like their household culture, or whether it's ways of doing things, or uh, you know, tra traits, good, bad, and ugly. Um, we pass our legacy down to our children, and and us as children, we have the ability to kind of take that legacy from our parents and kind of shape it and mold it a little bit, tweak it. Uh, in, until it's kind of our own and we live through that. And then eventually, if we have the opportunity, we pass that legacy on to our own children. So for you, mm -hmm. as, as an adult, as uh, the son of parents, mm -hmm. let's talk about legacy for a moment. For you, what are some of the greatest tidbits of legacy that you've grabbed a hold of from your, your dad, your mom, from your growing up years, and what's that looking like now in your in your day to day living experience? I guess I, I have I have three. I think one of the things when I look at my my father, um, well, for my mom, it was that anyone is is welcome at the dinner table. Uh, her mm. table was never, no matter how small it was, it was never never full. And I think that that was just uh, something that I really learned from my mom, but. My father, I grew up in a bed and breakfast, and my dad served breakfast every every morning uh, for 28 years, and wow. I don't think he's missed ever. And because if he's not there, then the bed and breakfast isn't open. And the first one's probably a funny one. He told me when I left, when I decided not to go to college, he told me, "Don't buy a rug." And and uh, he really taught. He like said this to me, and he said, "Like, don't buy a rug." And I'm like, "Why? Why, Dad?" And he was pretty upset with me. And he said, well, if you buy a rug, you're going to need to have a place to put the rug. And if you have a place to put the rug, you're probably going to have rent. And if you have rent, you're probably going to have a girlfriend. And then you're probably going to need a car to get the girlfriend. And then you're probably going to have a job and you're going to have bills and you're going to have all this stuff. And if you buy that rug, you're not going to go do this thing that you want to do, which is go ride your bike. And so don't buy a rug. And wow. I think it was just like, this awesome thing that he said to me and I ended up living out of a bag for five years and, and racing my bike and, and living below the poverty level in order to chase my dream. And, and it was something that I, um, uh, that I think I've carried with me. Uh, and then the other thing that I've seen in my father after looking back and learning what I learned about emotional awareness is the five A's of human need and my dad was was quiet right like he wasn't a he, he wasn't a talker about about challenges or problems but he gave me attention right and he accepted me for who i was at that time and he appreciated things with me and then there's affection where he would give and receive affection 
and he would allow me mm -hmm. to do stuff, right? And when I think about what it means today to be masculine, to be a man, it's to be able to have, to be a masculine man, excuse me, because I, I really am speaking to men who identify as being masculine, is, uh, is the ability to hold this duality, right? And that to me is the difference between being a boy and a man. And for my dad, he could hold that duality. He could be tough and he could be soft, right? And so when I learned about the attention, acceptance, appreciation, affection, and allowing the five A's of human need, I was like, that's, that was my dad. And I feel very lucky to wow. have had him in my life. Man, that's wonderful. So now, uh, as, so again, our listeners, primarily our at least our target audience are our dads who are freaked out you know because here they have this little tiny brand new human being uh, breakable uh this is pretty scary you know uh so a lot of these dads are are brand new to the party so mm -hmm. as far as what they need most as far as encouragement goes to 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 dive into to their role as a dad what encouragement yeah. do you have for them? I was just thinking about my little brother. Um, and just over the past year, and I mean, just celebrate it, hmm. right? Like just celebrate uh, being able to, to show up, right? And if you, if you haven't shown up, celebrate being able to accept that you haven't and, and get to have, give it another try. Right. Like back to that first thing that we talked about, like, are you uh, are you performing or are you practicing? And you're really practicing and, and, and getting to to show up for this tiny human being. And uh, I'm sure that that experience is just one of the most deepening ways to learn about yourself. If this little human being is a mirror. So mm. celebrate. Love it. And funny how mirrors come back into the picture. Love it. So let's say there's a, a laboratory with some sort of mad scientist. Cue the, the wild science mystery music. Uh, so let's say there's this laboratory to build the perfect dad. And you, you get to make some choices, Chris, as far as what ingredients, what elements get thrown into the, the, the recipe. What's one surprise characteristic? that you would want to make sure is thrown into the mix for the perfect dad? Ooh. Uh, is it like a characteristic? So like a shape shifter, like, like if he was a, <laughs> like a super, like if he could, if he, if he was a, a like a character, he would be able to, to shift and to turn into whatever tool is needed at that time. Right. Like he could be ha a hammer that finds nails, right. <laughs> or he could be a, a blanket that like soothes and, and, and uh and uh, covers right and oh, for cool. cuddling right so i think he would be able to shape shift that is that's cool and yeah i man if i could somehow you know get back to that laboratory and build that into myself mm -hmm. that'd be awesome so all right well, i think based on how you've shown up in this podcast and with me man i think you probably are <laughs> dude thank you i appreciate that yeah and yeah. that, that means a lot now, for, for our listeners who want to learn more about breathwork, who want to get involved yeah. with, with men's groups and, and maybe in, with any other of your training events, how can our listeners find you 
on the internet, in, anywhere, you know, as far as social media, how can we find you? Well, they can join our Brotherhood for Conscious Men at unshakableman.com. We offer a 14-day free trial to just come in and drop in and any of the groups and experiences that we hold. And we have weekly breathwork sessions and check-in men's groups. And this, these spaces, again, are just, we hold these spaces to create spaces where you can take these safe risks, right? Mm -hmm. So bring curiosity, uh, bring fear, bring any and all emotions. They're all welcome here. And uh, it's we're here to, to serve you and to hold space to introduce you to other conscious men. Wonderful. Well, Chris Wilson, thank you for being uh, a guest on the Daddy Head Rocks podcast. And I, I know that uh, a lot of our listeners will have questions. Uh, they'll want to know more. And so we'll definitely funnel them your way. Uh, thank you for sharing your perspective, your expertise, and your, your passion for, for men's work and, uh, mm. and just your passion for living. And uh, so thank you for sharing. Thank you for taking the time out of your, the, the beginning of your weekend to hang out with me mm. and with our listeners. So uh, any last words you want to share before we wrap things up for, for our interview? Just thank you so much for creating this space, Brandon. It's, uh, it was a joy to be here, and awesome. I hope to be here again. Absolutely. Uh, our, this is season number one. Season one ends on Father's Day. And then uh, season, yes. Awesome. Yeah. And then season number two begins in the fall, uh, late August. And so definitely, I, I would not hesitate to have you on again in season two once we get ramped up for that. So, so stay tuned. I'll be, I'll be hounding you to, to uh, jump back in if you're willing. So. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, you bet. Chris, have a good night. Take care. A big thanks to Chris Wilson for jumping on board this episode of the Daddyhood Rocks podcast. Great information, really super encouraging. And just that shift that he made from, from being a, uh, a, a cyclist, a triathlete, uh, going through burnout and depression and finding a way out of that. And I want to encourage you to, to grab a hold of something that, that helps you find resilience, to, to stand up under the pressure of, of mental health issues, depression, anxiety, stress. We all have stress. What do you need to grab a hold of? run with it. And if that's breath work, if that's uh, understanding better the, the mind-body connection, so be it. Run with it. We'll have more information. I love talking about breath work with my clients, and that's something that here and there we'll scatter that in some other podcast episodes. But for now, just rest knowing that you are amazing. We're so glad that you are tuned in to this episode of the Daddyhood Rocks podcast. And at, usually at this time, we hand out, um, either John or I will hand out a, a, some sort of award for something we've done during the week. You all get an award. You get an award. You get an award. You get. An, you, you guys all get an award. Um, for, for one, hanging in there with us as we're growing and learning as, as podcasters but also especially as, as dads. This is a journey that is not for the faint of heart, and you guys are in it to win it. So, so the, the award goes to you. So keep on doing what you're doing. Keep growing as dads. Remember to, to engage, to connect with your kids. 
in meaningful ways. Level up. Learn to grow. Find ways to improve on the daily. And don't forget to have fun. Having fun as dads. And let your kids see you laugh. Let your kids see you smile. And uh, just keep on growing, man. All right. Thank you so much for being here with me. And next time we'll have John Wolford hanging out as, as, as he needs to be. But also, I'm super glad that he did the dad thing tonight. That's where he absolutely had to be and uh, encouraged him to be there with his stepdaughter. All right. You guys, follow us on all the social media platforms, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And, of course, we're here on YouTube. Subscribe, like, comment in nice ways, please. Follow us. We want to encourage you. In any any platform that carries podcasts, we're there. Uh, so find us. Find the Daddy Hood Rocks podcast. And we will walk with you through this journey. All right. Take care. Have a great night. And remember, Daddy Hood Rocks. And so do you. Daddy Hood Rocks.